Welcome to the Hyphen Young Adult Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to equip and empower young adults to be the church outside the four walls. Here to guide the conversation along, I am your host, Jennifer Malik, and joining me is Evan Zenobia. It's time to take the call. Hey guys, today we sat down with one of our own on the National Hyphen team, Sister Victoria Reyes. She is our event director. I believe that's what she's called, right? Our event director. And she so she she's running those running those events and this is her first year on the team and it's been awesome having her, but she also is the SoCal Hyphen director and has been in that role for several different years. I actually got to serve with uh, with Tori uh, for a few years on the SoCal Hyphen team and so we appreciate her and her ministry, but most importantly, just her heart for hyphen young adults and her heart to see the kingdom go forward. So we believe that this conversation will really help someone today and really understand what it means to live for the kingdom of God as a young adult. So let's dive right in. That's, yeah. That's, yep. that's I mean, we're just literally recording now. So, okay. Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> We're in it now. We're in it now. <laughs> We're in it now. That's what I feel. All right. Well, uh, Tori, I was on Google this morning. And <laughs> I searched, who is Victoria Reyes? And it brought up like all of Latin America. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> all jokes aside. Uh, Tori, tell us a little bit about yourself, because not not everyone out there knows you, but yeah. if, if they don't, they need to know you, because we were just saying, you know, Tori's nothing but a good time, so. <laughs> I try to be. You try to be, you try um, to be, but well, yeah, tell us a little bit about um, who you are, where you are, what you do, yeah. all of that. Um, well, my name is Victoria Reyes, um, but most people that know me call me Tori, Tor, all variations mm-hmm. of that. Um but I'm from San Diego, born and raised. Uh, never moved out of San Diego. I, I and just, she's hoping she never. I has hope to. I never have to. <laughs> I really do. I hope I never have to move out of San Diego. It's fantastic. It's God's country. It's Any San place Diego. with a saint. That's what you said. <laughs> Any or a sand, preferably. Oh, okay, San sure. Diego. You know. Uh, but no, it's America's finest city for a reason. Um, and uh, I, I just, I love it there. Uh, my family, you know, for the most part, predominantly was born and raised there. Um, but yeah, I, I've been in hyphen ministry now for as I think as long as I've been a young adult for the most part. She's like, um, as long as I've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> it, feels like. it feels like thousands, <laughs> That's awesome, thousands of years. Yeah, no, yeah. I've been in hyphen ministry for quite a while. Um, I grew up mainly in smaller home missions church churches uh, as of recent when I came probably midway through my young adult life, uh, moved over to the anchor, Pastor James Larson uh, church in San Diego, which is, you know, serves as the mother church um, for, for San Diego, really. Um, and so I've, I've been there now for a few years and been working in hyphen ministry there, helping out with the youth there as well. Um, I, you know, serve on the district hyphen team, um, do some, um, stuff nationally with you all, which is great. So I just try to help you guys out a little bit. Um, and then, uh, also I work full time as a paralegal. Um, and so that's kind of the gist of it, I guess you could say. Uh, but 
that's just a small snippet about my life. So I didn't even know that. I didn't even know the paralegal bit. Like I just, really? oh, yeah. I think the she last, right. The, I mean, the last bit, I think you had, I don't know if you had sent a photo or something at one point and it was like yeah. from downtown, like Los Angeles or something or from a yeah. high rise. And I was like, what, and what does she do? <laughs> Where is she right now? Like, what is happening? Once again, who is Victoria? <laughs> yeah, just, did you? <laughs> you know, I'm always in random places and coincidentally have a job that likes, I'm fully remote, so I work from home, but sometimes they'll, they'll have me come out to different cities. So I'll be like anywhere at any given time. And I usually try to mix in some church stuff too. If I'm, if I'm going to a, a city or a town that I know, I'd like to go out to those churches there and see some friends there or something like that. But yeah, sometimes I'll randomly be in a random like <laughs> high rise in Los Angeles for some reason, <laughs> you know, doing some case or something like that. It's but so cool. <laughs> it's, it's just so random. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the gist of me for the most part. Um, uh, went to school, obviously, uh, you know, graduated from college, did a graduate paralegal program and then just started working in the legal field. Um, Where did you go to school at? I went to, uh, I started at community college. Okay. So I did the long route. I went community college. Uh, and then I went to Chapman university, which is, you know, in orange County, um, and was able to do that, uh, satellite as well. And then I did, I guess another fun fact is I did, um, parliamentary debate in college. So oh, wow. it was kind of different cause I always kind of played sports and tried to be active and whatnot when I was in high school. Uh, as much as I could. But then when I got to college, um, you know, I realized, you know, the ball had to stop bouncing at some point. And I started, you know, kind of feeling a deeper call to, for God and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I, it, sports was like a huge part of my life. I was like, you know, pretty, I was, I, I'm, I was like pretty okay at the sports that I played and I could have played in college. Uh, I played field hockey too. My cousin, random, it's the only sport you could play in a skirt. So that's pretty fantastic. Um, well, that already has the skirt yeah. as a uniform. You could obviously play sports in a skirt for basketball and any sport you play, which I'd advise. But um, yeah, I I played field hockey, which I didn't even know anything about it. Like, so I'm just, you know, a Filipino girl running around playing field hockey. <laughs> and uh, apparently got, you know, you know, to a pretty big level in it and to the point where there's, where, where I went to, where I went to high school, there's an Olympic training center that's like really oh, wow. close to it. So in San Diego, there's this huge Olympic training center is right by my house, right by the high school. And so I ended up getting recruited by some of the, um, uh, the folks in the Olympics, the USA Olympic team. And they're like, Hey, we want you to join the Olympic team for field hockey and we'll pay for everything, and you could start training now while you're in high school, and eventually, you know, you could start, you could start playing. And I was wow. like, oh, well, that sounds great. Like that sounds like yeah. you know, I was, yeah. I was like about to turn eighteen. I was like, this is wow, that was easy. You know, didn't have to try. <laughs> life to, is figured out. Yeah, like that. Did, that didn't take too. <laughs> that didn't take too much. I just had to hit, you know, the ball with the stick, yeah. and that was about it. Um, but no, and I remember them telling me, they're like, yeah, so you're going to start training Sundays all day. Mm -hmm. So from eight to eight to seven, you'll be training at the training center, we'll provide all your meals, all that stuff. And you'll be playing with, with our USA squad at the time. And I was like, Oh, wait a second. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. interferes with something. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I, I went to my mom, I had got, she picked me up from practice and I'd gotten in the car and I was like, Hey mom. And she's like, Hey, did you 
meet some of those, you know, recruiters. I was like, oh, yeah, they talked to me. They wanted me to play f- at the training center for the Olympic team. I was like, oh, okay. Like, she's just kind of being, like, chill about it, totally <laughs> normal. And I was like, yeah, you know, it seems like a great opportunity. They're going to pay for everything. Like, I can join the team later on. And she's like, oh, okay. And uh, Just a conversation you have just, every single day. Just, you know, and I was kind of weirded out by her just kind of passiveness towards it. But I think she just already was was sensing yeah. that that God was calling me to like completely something else. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I told her a little bit more and, and she was just like, Oh, okay. What are the details? I was like, well, you know, I'd have to train Sundays. And, you know, I thought I was like, Oh, for sure. You know, she's gonna, she's gonna get upset. She's gonna, mm-hmm. when I tell her it's Sunday and that I want to do it, she's going to be upset about it. And that's it. That's, that's how, that's how it's going to go. And, uh, and she told, I told her and she goes, okay, well, these are moments in your life where you're going to have to start making prayerful decisions yourself. And that was the first time I think where I was like, Whoa, wait a second. Mom and dad usually kind of held my hand through Mm. these things. And now I'm turning into a young adult. I'm about to be 18 years old. And now I have to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Mm. And so that was the first time I remember I went home, you know, got acclimated and I, I prayed a little bit and, and I really was like, God, what, what do you want? And immediately it was like, no, it was no. And I felt okay about it. Mm. I felt okay about it. I was like, oh, yeah, why, why would I give that up? Mm. Why would I give up the one day of the week that is so sacred to me, that is so sacred, um, you know, in the life that we live? Obviously, we live for God every day, day mm-hmm. in and day out. Every day is sacred. Every day is Sabbath, all of that. But it, it was so, it was, it, was, it was a non-question. And I had prayed about it for probably five minutes. And there was a piece that came over me. And I was like, you know what? I'm not supposed to do that. No. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the recruiters and I told them no. And they thought I was insane. And, you know, they were just like, you're, you're absolutely insane. I don't know why you're saying no. You only offer this to two girls. What is like, what could we do to convince you otherwise? I was like, uh, you could take it up with the Lord because I prayed about it and it's a no. And, you know, from that day forward, I, th- I think they were a little bit upset with me, but they, they didn't talk to me anymore. They would come to our games. They wouldn't, they wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't say anything to me, but it was the first time that I realized, wow, okay, you, you've got to saturate every decision you make in prayer, yes. every decision you make. I was, you know, still for the most part, an impressionable young person that if someone, you know, who I thought was cool or had a little bit of influence over me, told me something that, you know, was a great opportunity for me, I, I probably could have been swayed, mm-hmm. but it was, it was the prayer, it was the connection with God that really kept me on the path that I was supposed to be on. Um, and so uh, from what I know, the USA field hockey team isn't that really that great, but <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. You could probably get that out of the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, it's saying they're not that great. <laughs> no, no, they're probably doing very, very, very well. And, you know, uh, but it, it was a decision for my life. And it, I think from that moment on, it kind of, it kind of, was the gauge that pushed me into young adulthood. And from that point on, I, I knew how I needed to handle decision-making. Mm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that was a, a pivotal moment for me that where I was still kind of a young person coming into young adulthood, not quite there yet, 
But that was the pivotal moment where I was like, okay, every decision I make has to be saturated in prayer. It has to be spoken about with, with people in my life, like my parents, my pastor, and, and everyone. I, I, in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Mm. And I realized that, and it made making big decisions a lot easier. Mm. It, it, made, it made it a lot easier to grapple with. It made you know, the emotional toll that it takes on making big decisions, it made that a little bit less stressful. Mm. Uh, and I noticed in my life when I tried to make big decisions without doing that, it was mm. chaos. It was chaos. There was no peace. There was mm. a lot of stress. There was a lot of heaviness. There was a lot of sleepless nights. But when I went straight to God mm-hmm. in prayer, straight yeah. to, you know, the mentors, the, the, the parents that are prayerful and, and, and my pastor that's prayerful in my life, it just it was so easy. Mm. It was so easy. And so I think we kind of got off on a tangent a little bit. But no, but I mean, I feel like I feel like what you're showing is that even for some people that's like a pivotal moment in their life Mm -hmm. where they're going like that defined me and I became who I was supposed to be Mm -hmm. and through accepting that thing and you're saying no it defined me on who I was supposed to be by rejecting those things yeah there wasn't anything inherently wrong or sinful or nothing with Mm -hmm. that and yet you sit here and you probably would tell us that you're living the best version of your life because Mm -hmm. you put all of those things prayerfully Mm -hmm. into God's hands. And I think people need to hear that Mm -hmm. because they're being faced with um, decisions, lots of decisions, decisions, tons of decisions. Mm -hmm. And, and we're talking to a group of people that are professionals that are being offered, you know, six, six figure jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's commonplace now. And they have incredible talents and abilities and if they're not passing those things through the lens of what does God want for me? Mm-hmm. Will I be able yeah. to serve in, in ministry? Am I going to a place where there is a church that I can help right. out at, yeah. where I can be involved? Like, I don't think we should be taking roles where there's not a church in my city. Like, yeah. is there a church within a, a 45 minute drive an hour? Am I able, am I committed enough that I do that every mm-hmm. week? Like if I'm not going to be committed and make those decisions every day, and my spiritual walk disappears and dissipates because I took a job in a place that there's no place for God in my mm-hmm. life. Sure. Like, what is that doing to me? Yeah. And so, I mean, that, could, that couldn't have been the last time that you filtered through right. or that you were given an opportunity, right? Yeah. Like yeah. more stuff came along and yet you chose God You yeah. through counsel. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we are defined by our decisions. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just... You know, what you do, what you decide to eat is going to mm-hmm. affect, you know, <laughs> your body. Mm-hmm. What you decide to listen to is going to affect your mind. Uh, what you decide to read is going to affect your thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's just we're defined by decisions. We're, we're made up by decisions. Just like, you know, when we come to God, we have to decide uh, to surrender our life to him. And so, yeah, we're only Christians and we're only apostolics based on the fact that we made the decision to be. Mm-hmm. And so... I think it, that that's a big deal, um, and and you know I try to emphasize uh, to you know people to some people that that would ask me, you know, you know how important is it uh, that I make the little decisions the right way? It is important. Mm-hmm. The little things eventually do become a big deal. I can't imagine if I would have just said yes off of like, you know, excitement, like yeah, I'll be there. You know, and then went in that car and told my mom, hey, I just joined the <laughs> yeah. the junior Olympic team and <laughs> I'm going to be in the Olympics and all that fun <laughs> stuff. Like she would have been like, what are you doing with your life? And it would just would have just caused distress and chaos, I think. And, um, you know, it was a small decision, I think, at the time. I think mm-hmm. at the time it felt small. 
you know, and all the, every decision we make at, in the moment feels pretty small. You don't understand the gravity of the decisions you make mm. until you look back at them and say, whoa, that was actually a big deal mm. because look where I am now because mm. of all those little decisions that I made. Now I'm here. Mm. Um, and so in the moment, the decision seems small, but you know, only eternity will tell where those decisions took you. Mm. And so I think it's so important that we prayerfully consider every decision we make, how we're going to live our life what we're going to do with our life, where we're going to go uh, to as far as advice and things of that nature. Those decisions are vital. They're not mm-hmm. small. They're big. And so I, I like to emphasize to people a lot to, to, you know, even, you know, the young people at our church, hey, every decision you're making, it's not small. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, your decision to hang out with certain people, that's not small. Your decision to go to happy hour after work, uh, with all of your coworkers, that's not small. Um, it's going to lead to something. Every decision leads to some consequence, uh, whether they be good or whether it be bad, it's going to lead to a consequence. And so really what we have to do, what I try to do every day is just start my day off with prayer. I have to get my mind right because if you don't have a right mind, you're not going to make right decisions mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so I pray, I pray, you know, my, my whole thing is I like praying in the morning because I feel like I, it gets my head on straight. Like mm-hmm. life is too chaotic. Mm-hmm. I know you both, you're a lot, y'all's life is busy. You guys are, you know, you guys got a lot to do. You have a lot of demands on your life. And so, man, if I wake up and I just jump straight into it, I, I'm not going to have my head on straight. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to know what I'm doing, but man, if I can wake up and get the mind of Christ and get his perspective. It's gonna guide my decision making for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna. Oh, hey, Tori, don't do that. Why? I've already got the mind mm-hmm. of. I'm connected with him right mm-hmm. now. He's in my thoughts. Mm-hmm. He's in my heart. He's he's flowing through my, mm-hmm. throwing flowing through me right now. I think that's why Scripture says in Him we live, move, mm-hmm. and have our being. And when I pray, I'm able to live that way. Yeah. I want him to be in my moves. I want him to be in my being. I want him to be in my mind. I want him to be in every part of me. That way, when I have to make a decision that is seemingly insignificant, I can make a right one. Mm. And at, at the mm. end of the week, I can look back, oh, thank God I made that decision. Yeah. Oh, man, thank yeah. I, I didn't want to do that, but thank God I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a lot of times we have those we have those moments at the other end mm-hmm. of our decision making. So. It seems encouraging mm-hmm. too, because you're talking about like, yeah, these are these seem like little decisions in that moment, and we can make them. They they change the course of our life for the good or for the bad. Mm-hmm. But I think it's encouraging in a way we go, oh, if if I don't, if I'm not where I'm supposed to be at right now, and I feel like I am missing my opportunity, missing my calling, missing my potential, yeah. then I can start to make small decisions right now yes. mm-hmm. that have huge consequences. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. butterfly effect type yeah. consequences for the positive and push my life in this incredible direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your small decision in that moment, all the small decisions mm-hmm. you've made since then has mm-hmm. like brought you to the place that you mm-hmm. are right now. Mm-hmm. Big time, right? <laughs> no, no. You're big time. <laughs> we, we love who you are and we love that you're on the team and it's, it's super encouraging. I, well, People think, need to hear your story. I think that's it though. I think that's like, you know, sometimes we bite off more than we can chew. And I think living for God, 
just just get the small things right. Mm. Get the praying every day right. Fall yeah. in love. Oh, yeah. God. Yes. When I think about praying, like right now I'm getting emotional just thinking about, I, I, I want to. I desire it. I mm-hmm. want to connect to it. I want to be in prayer. It's harder for me to leave in the morning, I think, mm-hmm. prayer than it is for me to start. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it, just get that down. Get connected in prayer. Love to pray. Love to be in connection with God. And love the word of God, love mm-hmm. devotion, mm-hmm. and and just start thinking about how those little things affect your life. Yeah. I, I'm big on that. So a lot of times, you know, when I, in, in in the I think at the beginning of young adulthood is when I really, really, really started getting serious about prayer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, it needs to be, and it doesn't need to be that prayer is a part of my life. It needs to be that my life is guided by prayer. Mm-hmm. And so prayer didn't become an event. But at first I had to make it an event. Mm-hmm. I had to set time out and I had to say, hey, okay, this is this is this is the time where I pray and no one's gonna stop me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking a phone call. My job's not gonna stop me. If if a job offer gets offered to me and it takes away from my prayer time, I'm not doing it. I'm not taking it. It's everything is gonna be surrounded by the fact that I get this time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I started implementing it in my life and it started to be where, okay, this is no longer an event. Now I'm seeing how that, that moment of prayer seeps throughout my day and it kind of follows me and it's with me and I stay connected to God. I liken it to like picking up a phone call and never hanging up. You know, you remember, you know, when you were younger and you used to have those conversations with your friends and like mm-hmm. you could talk all night long and sometimes you leave the phone on and just be like, oh, if we fall asleep, it's fine. We'll hang up in the morning. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's no big deal, right? You just talk on a three, three-way call with yeah. your best girlfriends, right? And you all end up falling asleep. You wake up and you're like, oh man, we all fell asleep on the call. Like, you know, I, I liken it to something like that, something so simple like that as, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you start your day off with prayer, you're picking up the phone and you're calling on the Lord and you're choosing to never hang up. Mm. And the very next day you pick up the phone again and you just don't hang up. You know, you just let him speak to you continually. You go throughout your Mm -hmm. day, you do what you have to do, but don't ever hang up. Let him speak Mm -hmm. to you. Let him speak to you at work. Let him speak to you at school. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I started trying that in college. So I was, I started out in college and I was kind of, you know, I thought I was going to go one direction and I ended up going another and I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out. I'm at community college and I don't want to be here. Like, I was like, man, I should have, I should have just went to university (laughs) and just, you know, all my friends are at university. I was like, it's so cool, (laughs) you know? And I was like, no, Tor, like God has you here for a purpose. Start out, Mm. start out here. So I did about a year at community college that I transferred to university. But in that year, I joined the debate team, mm. uh, and I met uh, uh, one of my debate partners. Uh, was this uh, was this young lady? Uh, she goes to she goes to our church now at the anchor, um, but uh, she she was a uh, she was my debate partner. And I remember when I first met her, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this girl is so far from the Lord." Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, and and we had nothing in common. The mm. way we talked wasn't the same. Our belief system was was absolutely contradictory to each other. You know, she believed she didn't really she believed in God, but she didn't feel the need to have him a part of anything in her life, yeah. a mm. part of any part of any. It, he just created things, and that was about mm. it. You know, and I I can remember being on the debate team and uh, uh, thinking, man, God, why am I here? 
And it was, you know, because a professor had told me, hey, you know, if you, if you join the debate team, you don't have to take the final. And I was like, oh, score. I'm getting an easy A right now. <laughs> so I joined the debate team, met, met my friend, and, and we were debate partners together. And she's completely opposite for me. And I can remember one of, she, she noticed I was different. She says, you know, why do you dress like that all the time? Um, hey, you don't curse. Why don't you curse? And I was like, oh, I just, I don't, I don't curse. And I, and, you know, I tried to make, I, I never want to make people feel bad, mm-hmm. you know, for my, for my convictions. And, and I tried, it's, it's a hard kind of thing to do when you work in the secular world, when you go to school in the secular world, you, you don't ever want to make people feel judged because of the convictions mm-hmm. that you have. And so I just try to be gracious and she would ask me all these questions and I knew she was trying to just provoke me a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, and we laugh about it now. Uh, but she, I remember she came in and she, she brought this pamphlet in and obviously it's from a different religion and she brought this pamphlet into me and she's like, explain that to me. And I looked at it and it was some wild, just like <laughs> abstract teaching. And I was like, I do not know anything about that. So I picked up the pamphlet and I was like, I, I don't know. I have no clue what this means, but I can tell you what I believe. Mm. And she's like, okay, go. So I gave her like a little synopsis of, you know, what we believe and, and why we live the way we live and Acts 238 and all of that good stuff. And she went, oh, okay. Then walked away. And I was like, wow, okay. I thought that was a profound moment of witnessing. I thought God was going to move. I thought the Holy yeah, Ghost was going to yeah. fall. And she went, oh, okay. Walked away from me. I was like, ah. Oh. And so I was like, oh man, okay. And I remember thinking, okay, I feel like God's doing something. You know, in my little... I didn't know everything. And I, I used to kind of talk myself out of it too. I used to be like, mm. Tori, you're, you think you're so spiritual. You think this is deep, you know, all this stuff. And I, and, and I did, and I was like, you know, it's, it's really not that deep. She just asked you a question. And, you know, sometimes the enemy will do that. Yeah. You'll witness to someone and he'll demoralize mm. a moment and you feel like nothing happened. And most of us in that situation will give up. Mm. Well, you know, witnessing to someone really at the end of the day isn't ultra spiritual. It's a commandment. And so we ought to just do it, whether we feel like it or yeah. not, or whether we feel it's going to be fruitful or not. We just need to plant seed in the ground mm. and we just need to pull it, pour it out, pour that seed in the ground. And one day it's going to sprout mm. up. And so we went through debate together and there was little moments. I remember there's just like a little comical moment. We were on our way to a debate tournament and we were playing. I remember we were excited because like Stanford was going to be there, Harvard, <laughs> like this little junior college that could, right? Like we made it to this tournament. Man, we must be good. <laughs> and uh, we're on our way to this debate tournament and we're in this, we're in this SUV and it's the, just the jankiest SUV <laughs> that you could ever imagine. My whole team is in it. It barely runs. And I remember the individual that was driving us was like, oh, by the way, it stalls like all the time. And I'm like, oh, no. We're going to be on the freeway for most of this. We might die. And so uh, we get in this SUV, and it's going along the highway, and we're driving, we're driving, we're driving. And, and I can remember it starts shaking violently. The SUV starts shaking violently, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's, it's, it's traffic on our way to L.A. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We are going to – Jen knows what I'm talking yes. about. Yes, I think it was actually on the 405. I'm not oh, going to lie to you. Oh, 405. Oh, man. The worst <laughs> freeway in all oh, of America. Oh, my goodness. I feel like that is the highway into the pit. <laughs> that's where – that's what – you know, if you were to go to that hot place, you would go through the 405. And, oh. <laughs> and so I – it was it was just like – it was shaking, and I'm scared, and all of a sudden it stops. And freeway is shooting, 
cars are shooting past us. And I just out of instinct was like, Jesus, please help us. And it was a moment of reaction. And also just like, I was so sincere at that. I thought I was going to die. And so I was like, Jesus, please help us. And I closed my eyes when I was saying that I opened them and my whole team is looking right at me, staring at me like, what did you just yell? Like, and all of a sudden the car started. <laughs> Come and, on. You know, I'm not saying that, the, you know, <laughs> take, take the story what you're going to take it as. <laughs> but I remember my whole team starts freaking out and they're like, what did you? Did you do that? Yeah, Who I are you, Victoria? <laughs> right? It was like that. It was one of those. They were freaking out. And my debate partner was like, oh, you freak me out. You freak me out. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. It was just a moment of instinct. But I do believe, you know, God was, you know, working on people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, 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 we, we go to that debate tournament and we come back. And I remember I was waiting for my ride to pick me up. And I was back at our school and I was in the lab our debate lab. And um, God just started, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pray. I just felt like, I, don't, I just want to pray. And nothing crazy. So I just started praying. And I felt like God told me, he says, lay your, lay your hands on every chair in this, in this classroom. Just lay mm-hmm. your hand on it. And just pray for every chair that I see to be planted. And, it, you know, I just, I prayed for every chair. And I said, God, if it's not me that brings the gospel to one of these people that sits in these chairs yeah. every single mm-hmm. day, put someone else in their way. Mm. that that can guide them to truth, that can bring them to this peace and this joy that I have in my life. And uh, I was just, I laid my hand on every single one. And then I, I laid my hand on the podium and then I left. And I was just like, I remember after, I was like, that was kind of weird of you. Mm. You know, just just random thoughts come into your head and say, hey, you, thought, you were kind of weird for that. And oftentimes that will, the enemy will do that. When yeah. God tells you to do something yeah. and you do it and it, it feels kind of off and it's not in your nature. He'll make you feel ashamed of it. Mm. Mm. And so I was like, okay, well I did it. And, 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 you know, I kind of moved on. Uh, and then, you know, I just kept praying, kept praying every day. And it's not like I was praying for my debate team or anything. I was just praying that God for like normal prayer in my life, that God would use me, that, 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 that God would do something in my life and, you know, that God would help me and just normal prayer, the things that you pray for every day. And, um, I remember, you know, I left, I went to university, my debate partner left, she went to China to teach debate, uh, did amazing things in China. And she had been gone for like two years. And I hadn't heard from her, hadn't texted her, hadn't called her, nothing. And then out of the blue, she called me. And I was like, hey, how's it going? I was like, man, I, I saw your name on my phone. And I was, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, man, I haven't talked to you in like years now, I think. And she's like, yeah, I've been in China you know, so much is going on in my life, but uh, I just want to let you know, I really want to go to church with you and mm. I want to have a Bible study. Wow. And I said, well, <laughs> I literally like had to look back at my phone See, again. Who yeah. Who was on the phone? <laughs> because it was so out of left field. Wow. And I was like, Oh wait, what? Okay. 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 And so I was like, don't, don't freak out. Just be cool. Mm. Like this, mm-hmm. we're going to do a Bible study. So into a Mexican restaurant, we ate, we got acclimated. God had really been, you know, taking her through some things at the moment, but she, she didn't know anything about God. She never mm. read the Bible. Everything was very abstract for her. And so, um, I, I had brought her, um, uh, we had went to Panera afterward. Panera is a very holy place. Done many of <laughs> Bible studies there. Uh, and, uh, we were at Panera and, uh, she was just, she got it. 
it clicked mm. it made sense and she's like okay well let's get baptized right now it's like nine at night and i was like oh okay and so we went and uh she got baptized in our community pool at our like our little suburb we lived in and you know god has been doing a work in her life consistently mm. since then and she's i you know what's so remarkable about pouring into pouring into her and being friends with her and just being in relationship mm. with her was that man you've got to see how somebody that knows absolutely nothing mm. about this. It's so abstract to them, everything. Mm. You have to explain things like, okay, they keep talking, talking about fire. What, what's this fire mm. thing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or they keep saying words like, yeah. okay, revival. Mm-hmm. I know what revive means, but revival, what is that? Yep. A- anointing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I heard that, you know, uh, when I used to read those old English books in college, mm-hmm. but what, what actually is the mm-hmm. anointing? And so having to explain little, little by little, it, it was, it's the most incredible thing mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the most rewarding thing mm-hmm. ever. And I don't think hitting a ball, you know, for the USA Olympic team would have been <laughs> any more fulfilling mm-hmm. than, than seeing something like that. And so that was just like one instance, I think too, and this was early in my adulthood, this was around like my first year of college that really really changed the course of my life where I was like, man, I could do this every day. Mm -hmm. Mm. And guess what? It's a command that we do it every day. Mm. And and it's, there's so much joy in Mm. living for the Lord. There's Mm -hmm. so much joy in obeying the commandments of Mm -hmm. God. Uh, And there's so much joy in, in going, uh, going therefore and preaching the gospel Mm -hmm. to all nations, to all creatures. Mm -hmm. And it's not preaching behind a pulpit. It's literally just being friends with people. Yeah. Yeah. And, God opens little doors little by little and you get to just mm. share things. If if there's one thing I could do every single day, it would just just be witnessing to someone or telling mm. someone about the Lord. And guess what? We have the opportunity right. to do that. Right. Mm. You know? Oh, it's man. a beautiful thing. I, I love what you were saying because we've been talking about calling this season and just kind of debunking that myth around the fact that calling isn't this thing you're pursuing. Mm. But calling is something that you can already walk in today because as the church, we've been chosen. And if you're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, you're a part of his church. Mm. You've already been called. You don't have to wait for a moment to to be called by God. You just have to heart that says, God, I'm here to serve you. God, I'm here to be a witness. God, I'm here to be a friend. Yeah. God, I'm here to do what your word says, which is to love people. Yeah. And to love people, we love them by building relationships, sure. sowing seeds. Yeah. And as you said, like in prayer, and then you had no idea what in that moment, in that debate room, and then yeah. years down the road, it didn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, as young adults, you might get discouraged because you don't see the return right away. And we live in a microwave culture. Yeah. Where we, okay, well, you know what? I'll, I teach them one Bible study. And, and, and that has to be it. That has to be it. No, it's continuous. It's going to be continuous. It's an endurance race. Yes. It is continuous and continually pouring, continually loving. And some people you're going to invest your life in and they're going to walk away. Don't let that yeah. stop you yeah. from continually pouring into people. Yeah. And, you know, as a young adult, you face, we talked about decisions. Sure. Face many different decisions throughout your life. You go through lots of different transitions mm-hmm. and, I would say in addition to having the voices of others in your life, like you said, you know, in, in the multitude of many people is wise counsel. What are other things that have helped you as a young adult, you know, in the decisions you've made in serving in ministry, 
what are th- what are disciplines and decisions you've made that have helped you? Yeah, I think we talked about uh, some of them. Um, for sure, one thousand percent. It's you have to you have to have daily prayer. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is prayer. This isn't a workout plan. Mm. You know, I try to tell people that a lot of people have a workout plan where they try to, (laughs) you know, I'll try to work out three to five times a day. Well, it's the 21 days prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. And then come March, April, you know, and it's like, oh, but don't worry in January, I'll I'll start back up. Uh Right. Same with the gyms. Yeah. January is their highest attendance. Yeah. We we can't, we can't live like that. You can't live like that. You cannot live like that. And I can't stress that enough. You're going to see it in your life and you can fake it for a while. Mm. You could fake it for a while when it comes to if you're in ministry and you're not praying, you could fake it for a while. And I, I, you could fake it for a very long time, mm. actually. But somewhere down the line, you know, it, it's going to all fall down. It, it really will. A life that's not rooted in prayer. And I'm not mm. even talking about pulpit ministry. I'm mm. talking about you're going to find yourself in a season of dryness. Mm. And we all go through seasons. We all mm. go through, you know, our life is, you know, somewhat of a roller coaster. But Sometimes we put ourselves, we throw ourselves into seasons. We throw ourselves into bad weather. We throw mm. ourselves into, you know, storms and trials and all of that stuff, because we we have not we have not prayed. We've not prayed. Mm. We've not had that daily relationship with God, that daily walk with God. We're not connected, and we get disconnected, and we find ourselves so far from the Lord. And so, if you're if you're on this podcast and man, you're in ministry, whether it be pulpit ministry things of that nature, you know, let this be your sign. Let this be your, you know, red flag. Hey, you need to pray. You've, mm-hmm. you've got to get in the prayer room. You've got to have time with God and you've got to set aside time. This is not, you know, I would love to tell you that it works when you just, you know, oh, I'll pray five minutes, this mm-hmm. and I pray five. Yeah. At the beginning, absolutely build, but you've got to build. Mm-hmm. There's got to be growth there's got, you've got to go deeper with God. And I know we're all busy. Trust me. I, I understand that. I got right now, I just got buzzed by an attorney that I work with right now, just as we're on this. I get it. I know we're busy. I know we're getting pulled from every direction, but somewhere along the line, you have to stop in the middle of your day, the end of your day, at the beginning of your day. I'm a big proponent of the beginning of the day. But you've got to stop and say, okay, this is interrupted time with God. This is, it's just going to be about him. Because guess what? That's what heaven is yes, going to be. Yeah. It's uninterrupted mm-hmm. time with the Lord. We're going to see him face to face. And so that's what I'm preparing for. Mm-hmm. I'm not preparing for my career, for yeah. the next job, mm-hmm. for retirement, for whatever. I'm preparing for heaven. Mm-hmm. I'm preparing for eternity. That's what my everyday is. Yes, you know, one day I'm going to have kids. One day I'm going to have a family. One day I'm going to have a career. That's mm-hmm. all going to come. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be retired one day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be an elder one. Yes, mm-hmm. that's going to come. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. That's part of the, you know, blessings of the Lord mm-hmm. that we get to enjoy. But every day, no matter what, whether I'm a young adult, whether I got three kids, whether I got, you know, a career, a very demanding career, whether I have you know, a very demanding ministry on top of that. I'm preparing for eternity. Mm. I'm preparing for the day mm. when he's going to be my all in all. Mm-hmm. He's going to be everything. He's, he's going to be where I spend my days, Yes, you know? And so that's what I think you've got to have that discipline of prayer. And really at the end of the day, it's that moment with God that's uninterrupted and that sets you off to your course where you, where you could just speak to him for the rest of the day and night. It's the phone call you never hang up. Mm. 
And so uh, really have that moment with God, have multiple moments mm. with him in, during the day. You know, if you get to the point where, hey, you know, I have a little bit of time at lunch. I'm going to take a little bit of time mm-hmm. at lunch. Do it. If you're saying, hey, if you have a little time at night, instead of picking up your phone and scrolling through social media. And guess what? This is going to sound rigid. No, a lot of people aren't going to like this. It's too That's serious, all right? right? That's all right? It's too serious. It's too much. Listen, I got I have social media. I get it. But man, if you got a couple, if you got a couple minutes at night, why don't you just take those couple minutes to just connect to God, mm. connect to prayer? I've had five minute moments of prayer that, oh, man, if I didn't have that, I would have mm. still been stressed out. Yes, I would have gone yeah. to that dinner stressed out. I would have gone to church, you know, a mess. But I had that five minutes, mm. and I put the phone down, mm. and I put everything away, and I closed the door, and I, you know, got in my car, and I just prayed, and God. God help me. Yeah. God help me. I connected with him. And so you've got to have the discipline of prayer. Okay. So with all of that said. <laughs> Good transition. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I feel like I just have to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> the batteries died on us. And so. Twice today. Yeah. So we had, we had to jump back in the conversation. So for you, you know, this, you're continually listening, but for us, we had a nice little break. Um, yeah, but I think just, yeah, with everything that you just said, because we had to play it back to see where we were in the conversation. (laughs) I think one thing is, you know, as young adults, there is a lot that is happening. We've talked about your full-time career pretty much full-time ministry. You're involved in a lot of different things. And it's, and we, sometimes we viewed it as, oh, well, one day God's going to call me to full-time ministry. First of all, we have to define what full-time ministry is. (laughs) We're all in full-time ministry. Absolutely. Every day of our life. I don't care who you are. You are in ministry. Yeah. We said it again. You've been baptized in Jesus name, filled with the Holy ghost. You've been called by God to be in full-time ministry. It's not that you shut it on and shut it off every single day. Mm -hmm. And so for you with, with all of this, Mm -hmm. being involved in, in ministry, being involved in your everyday job, which is also part of ministry, right? Yeah, absolutely. How are you able to have the energy to do all this? (laughs) It's the help of the Holy Ghost, if I'm being honest. Uh, in love, we, in, in Him we live, move, and have our being. No, it's true. It sounds cliche to say that God will help you, but He mm. will. And there's times and there's weeks. Everyone has a stressful week at work. Everyone has, you know, a stressful season in ministry or a hard season or a busy season, all of that. Um, but if you're doing this, and, and this goes back to just the habits and disciplines you need to have, um, this goes back to that is you, you've got to really be connected with God. You've got to be full of the Holy ghost. You know, when they called Stephen and Acts, um, and they were calling for people to help within the church. And I believe it was just to help with, you know, the widows and the orphans to feed the poor, to do all kinds of mm-hmm. tasks at the church. When they called state Stephen, they said he was full of faith and full of the Holy ghost. And that was the requirements they were looking for. And so I think oftentimes we look for all of these other check boxes when it comes to ministry. But really, you know, when it comes to people that want to be involved in the work of the Lord in an official capacity, 
it's, man, are you full of faith and full Mm -hmm. of the Holy Ghost? Do you really Mm -hmm. think that God could do something here? Do you have faith for the city? Do you have faith for your youth group? Do you have faith, um, you know, for your church in in whatever capacity that you're serving? Next, are you full of the Holy Ghost? Mm. And that's what we have to be. If you're going to survive in ministry, and, you know, you just said it, we're all called to ministry full time. Mm -hmm. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you have the Holy Ghost, you're called to go you therefore and preach the gospel Mm -hmm. to every nation, to every creature. You've got to impact somebody with the gospel. If that's the case, then I've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. I have to be. Don't downgrade your need for the power of God in your life every day. You need it to do everything. You've got to be fully reliant on it. Because if you're not, the only other option you have is to be full of your flesh. And we know that, you know, if you live in your flesh, it's eventually going to lead to death. It could be death physically, but for sure, 1000% death spiritually. You will die spiritually if you lean on your flesh. And so we've got to choose to surrender to the spirit of God every single day. That's where you're going to get your energy from. That's where you're going to get your rest from. Uh, Isaiah makes that very clear that our rest comes from the Holy Ghost, from the spirit of God. In him, we find our rest. And, and that's the only source I can really point to. I'd wish I could say it was Red Bull. I wish I could tell you there's a supplement that will help you uh, and give you energy throughout the day. That might help for like three or four or five hours. Mm. But when it, when it comes to being in your right mind, in your sound mind, doing the work of God every day, being vigilant about people that God puts in your path, whether it be your coworker or whether, whether it be someone you go to school with, If you want to be vigilant and aware of that, you need the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. You need to have the eyes of the spirit. You need to have the eyes of God telling you, hey, that wasn't just a, you know, mere encounter. That was a seed that you planted. Hey, you know, I called you to do that. And am I the same dumb at the moment? But that was the spirit of God leading you and guiding you. It had nothing to do with your flesh. And sometimes you can feel out of control. Mm. You could feel like, oh, man, that wasn't that wasn't me. Why did I do that? Well, it's the Holy Ghost that's working through you that's in empowering you. That's emboldening you. That it's the power of God that's empowering you. That mm-hmm. is giving you strength. The joy of the Lord is our mm-hmm. strength, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've got to glean from the power of his spirit. We've got to be fully reliant on it. You know, I wish I could sit here and tell you there's a lot of self-help mm-hmm. stuff you could do, but it's the only thing you could do for yourself is put yourself in a prayer room. Discipline yourself to do that. Discipline yourself to read his word every day and love his word and fall in love with it. Um, And, you know, the more time you spend in prayer, the more you're going to love it. The more time you spend in his word, you're going to love it. The more time you spend studying his word, Mm -hmm. you're going to love it. So that's the third discipline I want to bring up is you've got to not just pray. You've got not just to have a devotion time moment with God where you're reading his word, but you've got to study it too. Mm-hmm. Study to show yourself approved. If you want to be a witness, if you want to enlist in full-time ministry, the ministry that you're called to, mm-hmm. uh, that God has called you to preach the gospel to all nations, not just behind a microphone or a pulpit or on a stage, but to talk to your coworkers, to talk to your, um, to talk to your uh, people you go to school with, your classmates, if you want to be ready to do that every day, you've got to study the word mm-hmm. and you've got to set time mm-hmm. aside to do that. Well, man, that's three things I got to do every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. You've got to set aside time, you know, just to be practical. I, I pray in really, really early in the morning, really, really early. That That's the only time I have that I could really feel like I'm not 
you know, stuck in the confines of a clock. I could really just have a moment and spend time with God. Then I have my devotion in the morning too. And then I study like right before bed. I take a couple, uh, either a half an hour to an hour, but my minimum I've told myself is you're going to study for at least 20 minutes. At least you're going to study. You're going to read the word and you're going to learn. You're going to just learn things, glean from things. You're going to write down questions that you might have about a certain section you read about. And you're going to ask one of your mentor, one of your mentors or your pastors or, um, you know, someone that you discuss the word of God with one of your friends, but you're going to do that. You're going to have that. Well, that means I don't get to read my favorite novel. Yeah. Sometimes it means that because <laughs> yeah. you're too tired. Yeah. You know, sometimes it means like you, you're not going to get that extra moment on social media. Sometimes it means that, you know, you're going to have to stay up a little bit longer. Mm. Or maybe sometimes that means to get all of that in, you're going to have to go to sleep a little earlier. Mm. Uh, I get all that. But we've got we've to be a disciplined people. Because guess what? There's been plenty of times when I studied the night before and I read a scripture and I was like, whoa, I've never seen it that way. That was powerful. And, you know, a couple of days down the line, I'm talking to someone. Uh, I can remember someone was, you know, saying like, hey, how do you keep your peace? How do you, like, I feel like my life is so chaotic. I can't find a moment of peace. Like, what do you do? Do you go running? Do you, and I, and I, a scripture came to me and it was from the book of Isaiah and I had just been studying it. I will keep you in perfect, perfect peace whose mind is stayed yes. on me. And that was an open door. And he's like, stayed on me. What does that mean? And I started talking to him about the peace of God and the peace of the, and that was a, a root from something I had just studied the night before. Mm-hmm. All of these disciplines, they're not. They're not just things that are ritualistic to a child of God, but they're part of your development. They're part of what makes you ready uh, to, 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 uh, uh, to go in the call of God for your life. Uh, you want to be able to teach someone a Bible study and you don't have one right now, study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah, pray, have a devotion life. Uh, uh, do all of this and God's going to open those doors. And one of these, those days, those disciplines that you put into motion are going to come forth, you know, just a, you know, a little tiny kind of lackadaisical example is, you know, a bodybuilder. They're going to, they're going to lift weights. They're going to eat right. They're going to do all these things. They may not know when it will come into play, but one day, maybe when they have to lift something heavy, they're going to be thankful that they lifted all those weights Mm -hmm. the weeks before, Mm -hmm. because now they can pick up that heavy thing with ease. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing as Christians. We're, we're ready warriors for God. We're ready for whatever God has for us. And he might not have you you know, many of you will, or many people will come up to me and say, Hey, you know, I feel called to preach. And I'm like, that's great. And you know, you might not have a pulpit right now, but get in the prayer room. You have a prayer room, you have a Bible and you could, uh, you know, glean from it in devotion and you could study it, uh, and learn from it later on as well. And so pray, have a time of devotion where you just get, let God speak to you through his word. And then also have a time of study where you're learning where you're actively reading scripture and learning it for yourself. You need those three things in your life. You need them. Um, You're you're not going to be able to fulfill the call of God without it. You're not. And, you know, I, 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 just speaking for myself, I didn't have a lightning rod moment (laughs) from God when God was like, Hey, you're going to be the next missionary to Africa. I have not had that. I've not had that. My life has been defined by my decisions Mm -hmm. And it's also been equipped by my discipline. 
So yeah, it's decisions and discipline. Uh, you make a decision to live for God, and then you discipline yourself to do it. You make a decision uh, to, to obey the call of God. Okay, God, you've called me to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's a call for everybody. Mm-hmm. No one under the sound of my voice or anyone in this room we're in right now, anywhere through the airwaves is ex- that's been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. You are all called to that. Every one of us is called to that. To do that, you need to discipline yourself. And guess what? God will help you. Mm-hmm. He will help you. They're not rituals. They're just part of the training to be equipped to what God has called you to do. And it's part of being in relationship. Yes. Yeah. It's relationship yeah. with him. This whole thing mm-hmm. is about relationship. Yes. The benefit of living for God is to live, you know, in his calling. It's a blessing to be called by God. It's a privilege to be called by God. It's an honor to be called by God. But if he doesn't, and he's just in relation, that would have been enough. Yes. Yeah. Thankfully, he gives us purpose. Thankfully, he gives mm-hmm. us callings. Thanks. Thankfully, he gives us, you know, all of these wonderful things besides relationship. But at the core, we do these things to be in relationship with him. Mm. You know, if you're in a relationship with a significant other and you didn't go on any dates with them and you didn't, you know, take them out and you didn't spend any time with them and you didn't talk to them all day. Mm. And, you know, you never were interested in anything they're interested in. I don't think that relationship's going to last very long. It's the same with friendships. If you, if I'm saying Jen's my friend, but we never talk and we never hang out and we never do anything together. How can, how can I be a friend to her? Mm -hmm. How can that relationship be maintained? But when I'm consistently Mm -hmm. showing up, when I'm consistently showing up in prayer, showing up in devotion, showing up in study, I'm building that relationship. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing greater than having that. And Mm -hmm. every day it grows. Every day my relationship with God grows. And it's because of the little decisions Mm -hmm. and the little disciplines that I make in my life. I'm I'm not sliding back per se. If I miss a day of prayer, guess what? I'm sliding back a little bit. And we don't like using that term backsliding, but that's really what it is. It's the decision we decided not to make. Mm. It's saying, hey, you know, maybe I don't pray today. Well, you slid a little bit back. Well, I'm not going to read the word today. I slid a little bit back. Oh, I'm not going to, you know, study today. I'm sliding a little bit back. No, have those things be the, be the standard for your life every day. If I don't get anything done today, I'm going to pray. I'm going to have a time of devotion and I'm going to study the word. That's a productive day to me. Yeah. That's That's productive. Everything else, career. Yeah. That's going to come into play. I dedicate enough time to it. I give sometimes eight, eight to 12 to 15 to 16 hours to my career. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to give God any less? Right. You know, Yeah. I want him to bless my career. I've got to give him time. I've got to give him what he's doing really in the reality, in the grand scheme of things. We're not giving him that much Mm. and we're probably not giving him enough, Mm. but that's besides the point. I'm not going to get too stringent on how long you should pray or whatnot, but you should start. And even if it's small, start five minutes of prayer, five minutes of devotion, five minutes of study, if that's all you could do. Right. Mm -hmm. But make sure you're building on that. Mm -hmm. Don't stay, Mm -hmm. don't go to next year and you're still five minutes of prayer, five minutes Mm -hmm. of devotion, Mm -hmm. build your life. Be consistent, progress, grow in that. If, if, if there's any muscle I want to flex, it's the prayer muscle. Yes. If, if there's anything that I want to train, yeah. it's the devotion, yeah. you know, training. It's the, it's the studying the word of God. And it's still, even talking about it, it excites me. I want to do it. I want to get yeah. there. I can't wait till tonight when I study tonight. Mm-hmm. When I, you know, 
it, it shouldn't be that we're we're young people that are so or young adults that are so preoccupied with our calling that we do all these things to fulfill it. Mm. We've got to do it because we just want to be in relationship with him first. Mm -hmm. Then we'll see the fruits of those disciplines pour out into our calling. Mm. We'll see how they make a difference in our, in our schoolhouses and our workplaces and things like that. Martha was all about the work and, and Jesus was like, look, look at what Mary's doing. Look at, look at the relationship she's, she's building. And yeah, yeah. She, she understands. And it was like, if I that. don't do another beneficial yeah. work thing for mm-hmm. the, for the church, if I'm not laying those, I think we talked about this, if I'm not laying the same bricks over and over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that's fine. That's fine. Obviously the church has to go on, but like, if we are not invested spiritually, mm-hmm. relationally, we're laying those things in vain and yeah, they're not yeah. built on a firm foundation. They're, right. they're going to fall apart the minute that we fall apart, which is going to happen inevitably if we're not spending that time mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. God, with that relationship. Yeah. The beauty of the early church, the disciples, like as a, as a Jewish person, you, you learned the, the Pentateuch, you learned, you learned the word it. of God mm-hmm. and, and so that you could recite it from memory. From memory. And the reason that, the New Testament is such this a beautiful tapestry of of um, like references to the Old Testament is because the people that were speaking those words and writing those letters like they had been so invested and knew the Word of God like it was the back of their hand it right. literally lived in them. It's yeah. the reason you see them with those little they'll like have a, a like a, a belt with little boxes yeah. or they'll wear the, exactly. the little box on their head yeah. and it's because they're all about. What do those contain? The word of God, the literal, of God. like mm-hmm. tiny little scrolls that are in those little boxes mm-hmm. because they want the word of God to be a part of their every yes. day and it literally resting on their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if we can allow those things to rest on rest us, on us mm-hmm. yeah. and we rest on it in mm-hmm. return, then what is he going to do with the things right. that we finally put those things right. to work? Mm-hmm. Like, I love, I love the idea of us saying like, yeah, I'm preparing for the pulpit of evangelism with, with the people I'm going to be interacting with before yeah. I've even met them. Yeah. I've prayed for mm. them before I've met yep. them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've walked through their baptism before I've even mm-hmm. met them mm-hmm. and knowing all of those things so perfectly in and out, obviously things are going to come, questions are going to come and you're like, well, I need to, I need to talk to God about this. I need yeah. to figure out how to answer this question that we get in a Bible study mm-hmm. or in an interaction, but mm-hmm. we can prepare for literally everything else. Yes. And that's where the Holy ghost has the freedom to, bring things to remembrance mm-hmm. in us. Yeah. You can't bring them to remembrance if they were never learned in the first place, Absolutely. right? Like we've right. got to dig so right. deep. Right. And we and we have to keep growing. We can't be satisfied, right? Mm-hmm. So even just touching on what you were talking about as you were speaking, I was thinking of, I am a runner. So yeah. I'm going to use a running analogy. But I remember, you know, trying to get better as a runner. And I was saying, okay, if you just run two miles every day, you're never going to grow as a runner. Sure. Sure, like that's great. Like, yeah, you're running two miles every day. Like, that's probably more than most. That's yeah. good. However, you're never going to get stronger and better as a runner. Ever. So, you have to increase your mileage. You have to push yourself a little bit. You got to do a faster mile time, all this stuff to get stronger and better and be able to endure longer. And I think of that in the way of our spiritual lives. We can't be satisfied with just reading and studying mm-hmm. for five minutes. Yep. That's a great place to start, but it's continually growing, continually stretching ourselves because I want to be able to be more like Christ mm-hmm. today than I was yesterday, yeah. every single day. 
right? And continually growing and striving towards that. And I remember when I was a little girl, I saw my grandpa, he was a, a pastor and, um, and he was retired and he was in the living room reading and studying. And I was little and I was like, grandpa, like, you know, why are you studying? <laughs> like, don't you know, you're, everything? yeah, like, don't you know everything <laughs> and you're retired, you know, yeah. but my little kid mind just didn't understand. And he said, you will never get too old yeah. to learn about God. He said, every single day, I need to be learning mm -hmm. every single day. And that stuck with me. I was a young girl, but it stuck with me. And I said, I will never learn enough about God. No. And that's the beauty of relationship. It's like any relationships, but yeah. you think with God, how much more how that much is, more. that we will never get to the depth of who he is. Mm. And so every day I want to study I want to pray to get to know him better and I'll introduce other people to this amazing, mm -hmm. incredible Savior who has changed our lives. And through that, that's what is going to be a witness. When you're spending time with God, then people are going to be introduced to God. Yeah. If you're not spending time with God and it becomes like it's a requirement, oh, I have to study. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be, I have to study. Mm -hmm. I get to I get study. To. Yeah. Doesn't I have to pray? I get to pray to the living God mm -hmm. who, when I speak his name, he is right there. Right He's there. listening. He, we get to have a conversation. Yeah. And then, and, and a lot of times I'm like, people are like, how do you hear from God? You read his word. Read his word. And as you're reading his word, there are so many times. And it's like, you could read the same scripture every single day, all 365 days a year. And God could speak something different to you mm -hmm. because his word is active. Mm -hmm. It is living. How awesome is there is no other book that is living and active. No other book. There are so many times where I'm reading and I go, this was added. This is something oh, that's so new. many times. I'm like, like, that wasn't in the Bible. I'm like, God has possession. Like he exists outside of time. He went back and inserted this story, yeah. this scripture. Was this and I'm like, I've read this so many times. How did yeah. I never see yeah. this? Yeah. Totally. And it's something that's applicable for that moment. Mm -hmm. And it, that lens. And I go, I go like, you've, you've, You've played me again, God. Like you've, you've placed it before me. All right, I understand. Time to pray, right? Well, that's the growing with God, right? Yes. It's yes. as you grow with him, you, you start to learn more and you, it starts to apply more. Mm. Uh, it's not going to apply less to your life. Let's right. just say oh, that. Absolutely right. not. Yeah. Uh, the word of God is just this living, breathing uh, just book and it's going to just continue to apply to your life. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so important you know, I think we get it backwards sometimes. We fall in love with ministry before we fall mm. in love with God. Wow. And you've got to do it the right way. You've got to fall in love with him before you fall mm. in love. It, it What happens is you fall in love with him so much and you get in such deep relationship that he begins to share his vision and his call for for the for the world with you. And you feel that and you want to be part of that mission mm -hmm. and getting it outside of the four walls. But it starts with, Oh God, I love you. I worship you. It, it's just, this, just the state of being so in love with him. Then from that point, he begins to share things. He mm -hmm. begins to share his mission and you're plunged into a call mm -hmm. that was, that was birthed out of love. It was birthed yes. out of relationship. Yeah. That's the natural progression. Yeah. It's not, I fall in love with this calling mm -hmm. and this is what I'm supposed to do. And hopefully as I keep doing this, you know, I'll love him more. Mm. It's you've, you've got it backwards. You got to go back to the basic. You've got to go backwards and say, okay, God, 
I, I want to know you. I want to fall in love with you. I want to, I'm making the decision to surrender my life with you. And from there, he begins to share his calling with you personally and for the world, what he wants, uh, what he wills for the world. And that's why we're, we're, it's the great commission, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the great mission that God's just putting forth, but we're, we're co-missionaring, we're partnering with him to get his, his mission forward in the world. And that, that comes out of a place of relationship with him. He begins to share those things and how you can contribute to the mission. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, you know, we've, you start out in relationship and, and it continues on and he begins to share precious promises and he begins to share blessing and he begins to share his mind with you and his voice with you and his thoughts with you. Right. And, and you're, you're learning more about him. It's this wonderful thing. Then he begins to put that burden of mission on you. And you're like, oh, whoa, I never saw it like that, God. Now I feel called. Now I feel this. Now I feel that. And it's birthed out of that relationship. So it's a natural progression that happens. And so if you're having trouble with the call of God, you don't know what God's called you to do. You don't know what. Well, first of all, we're all called to ministry to preach the gospel. So go teach somebody a Bible study. Be sensitive to the voice of God and, and his leading and, and find someone to witness to. That's that's the first thing. The second thing is if you're having, still having trouble with the purpose and the call of God for your life, get in relationship with him, mm-hmm. get, get in deeper, dig down deeper, uh, pray, you know, have a time of devotion, study, uh, get in the word. And, you know, I, I have a practice of fasting at least once a week. Sometimes it's more, uh, fast at least once a week, get deeper in relationship with him and he's going to begin to reveal things to you. It's a, just the natural, natural progression of relationship. Hey, this is my mission. This is where I feel like you can partner with me and we can get out what we need to get out and we can bring people to heaven together. And it, it's just, it's a beautiful thing living for God. It, it, and a lot of times people feel, make it, you know, something a lot harder than what it needs to be. And, and I think if we just keep it simple, have these disciplines that contribute to our relationship with God, it just becomes organic. Mm. And God may call you to one thing one day, yeah. and he might call you to another thing the other right. day, and he might call you to somewhere else mm. in one location, and he might take you to another location. And that's just part of relationship yeah. with mm. him. You just yes. never know yeah. where God's call is going to take you, yeah. where he's going to place you, the people he's going to put you in front of, and you're just there to be a vessel for him. That's all it is. And you're not leaning on your flesh, Mm -hmm. but you're fully surrendered to his spirit. You're Mm -hmm. submitted to his spirit and his spirit's going to lead you and guide you wherever you need to go. It's going to lead you and guide you to truth and understanding his word in relationship with him. And it's also going to lead you and guide you to different areas where you could share his word with somebody Mm -hmm. else. It's just, it's a, it's a life fully surrendered to God Mm -hmm. and it's the best life you can live. Um, yeah, This is so good, Tori. I I really appreciate this conversation. And Mm -hmm. I really do believe it's going to help someone to get a deeper revelation of what it is that we are called to. And if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're equipped. And I think I talk to young adults who are intimidated by ministry, by teaching a Bible study or whatever. They're like, I can't, I can't teach. I don't know the word. Yes, you do. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the word of God that you can study and the Holy Ghost will give you revelation as you study his word that you can go out and teach that there is someone. And if you just ask God, God, who can I teach? Who can I minister to today? Right? We've talked about this. It's an everyday ministry. God, 
who can I serve today? Mm-hmm. And just asking ourselves those questions will allow God to just lead us yeah. as we walk with him. And it's because it's just out of this relationship that we have with him. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a beautiful thing. It's the best life to live. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to wrap up here, but something we've been just asking our guests in the podcast is if you could go back and tell yourself as a young adult, which you're still a young adult, so your younger young adult <laughs> self, <laughs> if you could go back and tell your younger, younger, young adult self, what is something that you wish you would have known? Yeah. And then if you could just share with us and then close us out in prayer, that would sure, be great. Sure. Um, one thing that I wish I would have told my younger self, I feel like I wish I would have told my younger self that living for the Lord is a lot simpler than you think it is. Mm. It's not as it's not as complicated. It's not as intimidating than you think it is. It really is just finding a secret place with God, and you know, really being in relationship with Him. And and really, I you know, we talked about it this whole. So I feel like a broken record. But I looked at prayer like ritually. Mm. I looked at devotion ritually. I looked at study ritually. It's just things you did as a Christian, just like, you know, anyone that came from any other faith would do their ritualistic things like going to mosque or synagogue or anything like that. I, I, I had to stop looking at it that way. If I could tell my younger self one thing is don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated uh, to get deeper in the things of God. I wish, I wish, if there's one thing I wished, I wish I would have started a, a, a good, solid prayer life earlier. I wish I would have started it in high school. I wish I would have started it in middle school. I wish I would have, uh, uh, you know, studied the Word of God like I study it now. When I was younger, I had more energy for it. I had, I had more time for it. I, I wish I would have read the Word of God a lot more than than I do because I did. I had more free time. I had time on my hands. I, I had more people. You know, if you think about it, you have more people in your community in your young young adult years. You're in the middle. Of most of us are in the middle of a university full of thousands of people uh, that don't know the gospel, that don't hear the word of God. You you are literally in in the best place you can be. Now you know I used to work in an office, but now I work from home, so my community is a lot smaller. It's more through you know remote work through the airwaves and things like that. And man, I was like, man, I would have, I wish you know during my first job when I worked with a ton of people that I would have known what I'd known, and I would have been so burdened by this. Uh, by this call that God's placed on my life to to reach somebody with with the gospel, I wish I would have had that then. And it was all birthed out of just daily disciplines that I thought were just Christian rituals. Mm-hmm. Don't look at it that way. This is it. You have you wake up every morning and you have an open door uh, to connect with the God that created everything, the Creator of universe, the Creator of heaven and earth, uh, that's able to do all things and anything. Your coworkers. Do not know that they have access to that too. Your classmates do not know that they have access to that too. We 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 understand that goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life, but your coworkers and your classmates do not know that. Uh, the people that you're around every day do not know that. They have no clue uh, about the life that we so get to enjoy every single day. So if I could say one thing to my younger self is don't be so intimidated. Don't make these beautiful opportunities that God's given you rituals, make them opportunities, opportunities to connect with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
that's where God's going to develop you. It's not going to be on a pulpit. It's not going to be underneath a title or position. And that sounds cliche, but it's going to be birthed out of the moments where no one is looking at you, where no one is watching you, where you're in your bedroom by yourself with your door closed, where you're in your literal closet sometimes when you're in you know, a bathroom, when you're in a, a debate lab, when no one else is there after hours. Like that's Those are the places where God begins to develop you and call you and work on you. It's in those hidden places that God does those things. Um, there's God's just really been dealing with me. I, you know, life is a roller coaster and you go through hard things. And currently I, you know, had been going through some very hard things, you know, suffered a loss in my family and, you know, just different transitions and whatnot. And God began to, to, to deal with me about things that I do all the time. I love, you know, worshiping the Lord. I love praying. I love devotion, but it became harder to do those things, especially in those seasons. And God spoke to me one day and he said, I know you could pray and I know you could read my word and I know you love it. And I know you could study the word, but can you do it in the dark? That's what he asked me. Can you do it in the dark? Can you do it when no one's looking? Can you do it in the darkest times of your life? Can you do it in the moments uh, where hard times are falling and you feel the heaviness of life ranging down on you? I know you can do it, but can you do it in the dark? Can you worship in the dark? Can you praise in the dark? Can you serve me in the dark? And I think that's the question for our generation is because the spotlight is so often on all of us whether it's social media, whether it's on a platform, whether it's at church or, you know, whether it's at work or at school, the spotlight is so readily on us all the time. But I think the question is, is can you keep this up? Can you live for God in the dark when no one else is watching? And are you okay with doing that? Are you okay without the spotlight? Are you okay without the cameras on your face? Are you okay without the platform or the pulpit or the microphone? Can you do all of this? Can you live for God in the dark? Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you right now, the days we're living in are dark. The days we're living in are dark. And God may call some of us to to preach the gospel in places where no one's going to know where we are. No one's going to know the places that we're going. I've, I've talked to missionaries that, that tell me, man, I was preaching the gospel in this town. And if I died or something happened to me, no one would ever know that I was there. No one ever be able to know where I Are you okay doing it in the dark? Are you okay with living for God through the darkest time in the world? And I feel like that we need to be encouraged and strengthened today that God, God will empower us, God will lead us, and God will guide us. But it's solely dependent on if we're relying on his word and his spirit, and he's going to help us through that. And so I want to leave you with, with one verse in scripture, and it says, He that endureth till the end shall be saved. If you could just endure to the end, what does that mean? That means if you could just not quit, if you could just not give up, if you could just keep going until the end of this, until the end of this life, until the, until the Lord comes, uh, you'll be saved. And so I want to just encourage a young adult today that maybe you've slipped up, maybe you've made a mistake, maybe you've not been consistent in prayer and devotion and study of the Word of God, maybe you've been in pulpit ministry and in position or officially, and you've not been connected to the Lord, you've slipped up, you've backslid, you've you fell off, you got off track. Uh, I'm encouraging you today, do not quit. Just endure 
to the end. Pick up the Bible today. Get in the prayer room today. Make up for lost time today. God's going to reward those that endure. If you, if you fall, if you slip up, you make a mistake, you, you know, you, you sin, you whatever, just endure to the end. Pick yourself up and say, I'm just going to keep going with Jesus. Man, just endure. Just keep going. No matter what life throws your way, whether it's a loss in your family, whether it's hard times on the job, whether it's financial hardship, whether it's uh, uh, unsurety of where you need to go next, just keep living for God. Just keep doing what you know to do. It are, it's those daily connections with God that's going to keep you through the hard times. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sustain you through those moments of struggle. And I can't tell you how many times that I've just held on in prayer and held on in reading His Word and held on in believing His promises because there was times where I didn't know where to go or what to do or what to make of things, but I just held on. I just held on. Just endure to the end, and God is going to sustain you through it all. God, I pray that you would just touch every young adult, Lord Jesus, that's listening to this podcast, Lord. Lord, we understand that in our humanity, Lord Jesus, there's so many fallacies. There's just so many things, God, that we can't do in our own flesh. And so we're choosing today, God, to surrender to your spirit fully, Lord. We're surrendering to your word. We're surrendering to your name today. And we're surrendering to your spirit, oh God. We're not going back, Lord Jesus, to leaning on our flesh. We're not going back to leaning on our own might and our own power, God. It'll always fail. It'll always not meet the standard. But God, when I'm fully reliant on your word and your name and your spirit, I can do all things through you, God. So right now, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender to your will. I surrender to you, your way, God. I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that you would put me in full relationship with you, Lord. I want to go back to the place of prayer. I want to go back to the place of connection through your word and connection through studying your word, God. And I want to get in deep relationship with you, Lord Jesus, so that can, I can fulfill the call and the promises that you have for my life. Life, Lord. I pray for every young adult that's listening to this podcast, God. I pray that you would embolden them, Lord God, like you did the prophets of old, God, like you did the apostles, God. Let the power of the Holy Ghost rest upon them like never before, Jesus. Make, him, make a mighty women of faith, God. Make a mighty men of faith, God. Do something so powerful in them, Lord Jesus, that they can't even imagine or conceive, Lord. I pray that the full potential of every every ministry, Lord God, for every young adult under the sound of my voice would come to fruition, Lord, that you would help them, Lord, not just help them in their ministries and their positions, Lord God, and in their workplace, Lord Jesus, to be blessed, Lord, but I pray that you would help them to stay in connection with you, God. Give them the strength, God, to withstand the temptation from the enemy, God, in the darkness of this day, Lord Jesus, and to be in connection with you, Lord, to be in relationship with you, because that's where everything is birthed out of. That's where our ministries are birthed out of. That's where my hope is birthed out of, God. That's where my help is birthed out of. It's all in you, Jesus. We turn to you, God, today. We turn to you, God, this moment. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.